Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCover.com. I'm your cinema host, John Agroni from the Internet, California, and live from the Internet, Pennsylvania. Set off a firework or two for William Ashton. Hey, I'm kind of glad and a little bummed that I missed last week's episode, but based on the review, we missed you I'm too. Guessing, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the snark would have been real with your help. Probably, <laughs> Transformers. yeah. Because it was a straight like F report card, right? Yeah, straight Fs from uh, me and, oh, of course, up the stairs from the broadband basement. Say happy independence from your parents' day to Maverick Hines. Wait, happy independence from your what? Happy uh, happy independence from your parents' day because you live in the broadband basement. So that's the Maverick Hines. That's above me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, yeah, what's up? It made sense like when I wrote it. I'm sure someone smart somewhere got it. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm not there. I think you're saying that. I think you're saying he's independent. You're independent of your parents because you're stuck in the basement, which I guess your parents locked you in there. Mm-hmm. Was that the joke? I, mm-hmm. I oh, in that case, it's a really bad joke. <laughs> Is it? I, well, okay, yeah. It's not necessarily my best, but it, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, for those of you, sorry we had to postpone this episode because of July 4th weekend. We didn't announce this last week because we didn't realize until a couple of days leading up to recording that our schedules just weren't going to align. We weren't going to be able to put out an episode on Sunday like we usually do. Uh, so we're actually recording this now on Monday, which is a bit strange for us, but uh, better late than never. We, we can't, like I've been itching to talk about Baby Driver with you guys. That's our featured mm-hmm. review this week, and I'm very excited. Happy Independence Day, July 4th, to all of you in America, and to everybody else, happy day anyway, because yeah. it's another day, it's just another a, Cinemaholics Day. Just have a good day. Yeah. Like, I hope everything's great with you. Um, not only are we talking about Baby Driver, but we're talking about a couple of other big movies. We're talking about Despicable Me 3, Okja, Big Sick. We're going to be teasing that, because our featured review is coming up later, and uh, Captain Underpants and BoJack Horseman is coming up. All of that toward the end of the show in our mini-reviews. And uh, we have a little special thing to start the entire show off. We want to know from each other and from you guys, what is your favorite Edgar Wright movie? Now, Edgar Wright directed and wrote Baby Driver, and I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, I know, Will, you're a big fan as well. Maverick, yep. I, I got the impression that you didn't even like, like any of his movies until we actually started talking about it. Well, so th- that's the thing for me is that just, I think, you know, tapping into the sin of sobriety here is that i just don't know director names super well so when you guys are like hey what's your favorite edgar wright movie i'm like who like what yeah can i skip this but part? then as you start listing them off i'm like oh yeah i, I think mm. i like every one of his movies that i've seen yeah which i don't know how many so I don't hopefully know how many you can pick are. just one yeah i yeah i think i can pick i think it's a pretty clear pick win for me but yeah okay i mean it's edgar wright he's well known for his filmography i'm excited because i feel like uh so we're not gonna count baby driver by the way Aww. <laughs> um so that's a little, little just talking about his current filmography and we'll talk more about baby driver in a moment uh will ashton starting with you what is your favorite edgar wright movie uh, uh it's a tough choice i mean you know every one of his movies i've liked that i've seen and then most of them i've liked a lot and so i think I'm going to go with my heart. It's It was between Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz, but I'm going to go with Hot Fuzz just by, like, a hair inch. It's, like, <laughs> just, like... That movie is, like, the one I'd, like, I'm most likely to watch. I'd probably watch that one the most, to be honest. It's just so quotable and, like, I don't know, everything about it, I just love it so much. And for people who don't know, I mean, that's part of the Cornetto trilogy. So mm-hmm. it was, like, this kind of, like, planned uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg duo trilogy. They're completely unrelated movies, but what I love about them is that uh, starting with Shaun of the Dead, then Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, what Edgar Wright was doing there was he was taking really tropey, like, parody movies and parodying them. Mm. So Shaun of the Dead was about, you know, how ridiculous zombie movies are, and Hot Fuzz was about how ridiculous mm. cop spoofs are, and The World's End was all about how ridiculous like alien invasion movies are. Uh, I love all three of those films, and I was considering World's End just because when I, I remember seeing that movie and being in a very, uh, I don't know, it was like the right timing for me because I was dealing with like you know I was done with college. You were, you were just really scared of aliens at that point. In your life. Yeah, aliens. <laughs> but no, like uh, I was, I was kind of like craving like going to the pubs all the time with my friends, and when we had all that free time, and that's what that movie really is about. But uh, honestly, my favorite is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's the Edgar Wright movie I've seen 
the most times. It's for me the most quotable, the most memorable. Uh, I think that what Edgar Wright was able to do is compacting all those stories, all the graphic novels into one coherent movie that should not have worked. Awesome. Uh, there's a reason it's a cult classic, and yeah, Scott Pilgrim for me all the way. What about you, Mav? Nice. Um, I was just going to say, I haven't seen World's End, but I really love Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. I thought they are both really great movies. They're objectively better, but for, I, I just have an affection for World's End. Yeah. Okay. So I, I haven't seen I haven't seen that one. I'd, I'd like to, though. Um, I, I like both those movies. All the reasons you said, I really like that they're just like making fun of things that have been made fun of and, in a really unique way. Um, my, my win is also Scott Pilgrim. And for me, it's it's different just because I've only seen Scott Pilgrim one time, and it was just like, it's like you said, it's just such an instant like classic. You talk, uh, it was all anyone was talking about in high school when it came out. It's like for months, and yet nobody watched it yeah. because it was in theaters for a week. Yeah, it was just ridiculous how how instantly everyone was just obsessed with that movie. So it's it's really good, um, but I mean, it's interesting because I was in college when that movie came out. I was like and five. I'm just kidding. It was perfect, but it was perfect for me because I was the age. We were the age of the characters. Yeah, and like I remember, my, I, we weren't like a big group of friends. Opening night, we're the only ones in the theater, and we just loved every moment of it. And it was just, I don't know. I just, it, I really connected with it because of the video games. I, I loved the references. I loved all the performances, and uh, that movie just like, yeah, you should as watch a, it again. As it, a musician, better for me, better. it was really fun too because it was such a unique play on like the music culture and the music people and like <laughs> Toronto. Yeah, it was just it was just really fun and really unique. And, I, and, and Will, I you liked it? Yeah, I was gonna say few movies like Close. you can tell like just from the like opening um, studio logo that's gonna be great. Like Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> just one of those movies like just as soon as like the first seconds on, it's like oh yeah, this movie's gonna be amazing. And sure enough, it's hundred percent awesome. So I mean, like I said, it's a real tough pick. I just feel like. Hot pl- or Hot Fuzz is like a slightly bigger. I just have a little more affection for that movie just because I think I don't know. Like you I want to be liked, a cop. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. But I mean, like Shaun of the Dead, I liked a lot. But like Hot Fuzz was like the movie I feel like I really like fell in love with Edgar Wright with. Like, it was just like such an instantaneous love that like I just hold that movie very dear to my heart. I'm surprised none of us picked Shaun of the Dead. Now, Shaun of the Dead to me, I believe, is probably his best film. I, I, it's not the movie I love the most. But I have always been most impressed by that movie. Just, just the way that he wrote and directed it. I think, I, I, I think it's like right there with Hot Fuzz. I don't know if I can put mm-hmm. it. I don't know if I can put Hot Fuzz above it. But I mean, it's semantics. It's, it's nitpicking. Who cares? They're all awesome movies. Yeah, we mm-hmm. like them a lot. I know some people don't love Edgar Wright. Some people just don't care for his style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think everyone can agree he's one of the best directors uh, working today. So, did you guys like uh, Ant Man at all? He didn't direct it, but he. Worked yeah. on it for a long time before they kicked him out. I, I liked Ant Man. Uh, I, was- I I found it super average, and I could tell like every second I was watching. Like, man, this would have been so much better if Edgar was just given his chance to do whatever he wanted. Because like when you see like the test footage that Edgar like you get like a very very brief sliver of like what he could have done. It's just so much better than like what the ultimate product is, in my opinion. I get that. I I still liked the movie quite fine. I thought it was yeah, actually. I, mean, I, I thought right. it was funny and it was doing different things and mm-hmm. i thought it was a perfectly acceptable july you know 2015 movie i guess mm-hmm. i do, i was a little harsh on it because i mean i had just seen mad max Fury Road a couple of months before that right. i was kind of like you know and i was still like i was still like a little bit sore from how the reception at age of ultron was avengers age of yeah. ultron and yeah that's a whole other discussion but okay all right so now that we sort of uh, dipped our feet into the, in the water let's just get right to it let's talk about Baby Driver, Edgar Wright's newest movie. This is uh, a movie that has been on anticip- highly anticipated by all of us uh, for a long time. I know I th- I, one of us had it on there. I was going to say, who most, is I believe it was me. It, I think it was you. It was um, on the top three for I, the most anticipated summer movies. Yeah. Uh, here is the synopsis. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Uh, As I stated earlier, directed and written by Edgar Wright, it stars Ansel Elgort as Baby, Uh, John Bernthal, John Hamm, Isaac Gonzalez, Micah Howard, Mm. Lily James, and Kevin Spacey, Mm. uh, among many others, and of course Jamie Foxx. Flea is in this movie, uh, blanking you as him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a bigger part than that. I I guess in the grand scheme of themes, he doesn't get much of a payoff, but he's in it, so yeah. A lot of great performances here, and... uh, yeah, let's talk about Baby Driver. Will Ashen going into the movie. Uh, I know this movie was pretty well hyped. We talked about it with, uh, I believe, Donato, Matt Donato, mm-hmm. um, a couple of months ago when he saw it at South by Southwest. 
going into this one? I mean, how, how did you come away from it overall? Were, were you into it? What, what happened? Yeah, I mean, I, like you guys, I was super looking forward to this one, just because, I mean, not only was the hype from South by Southwest huge, like, way, way big, to the point where they moved the movie up, like, two months ahead, just because they were like, we gotta get this movie out there, everyone's loving it. But, I mean, it's like, right back after, like, what, how how long has it been since the world's end? Like, three years, four years? Four years. Yeah, it's been a while, especially after the the whole Ant-Man thing, it was just like, we needed an Edgar Wright movie, like, movies have just not really been the same without his presence. And so I was really looking forward to this one. And I mean, sure enough, I had a great time with it. I mean, I, it, it's hard to go into this movie or more specifically, it's hard to walk out of this movie, like not holding like a big grin on your face. It's just such a blast from beginning to end. But I don't know if I'm quite on the same page as you two are, because I know we we're talking about a little bit and you guys, I mean, I won't give away what you think, but I think I'm slightly below where you guys are. Cause I have a couple quibbles, but I want you guys to talk first, but I'll say, like, just right off the bat, this is a fun movie, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I went into it kind of hearing the sort of the tempered praise. Uh, I'd heard from okay. a few people, hey, it's, it's not that good. People are just hmm. kind of overhyping this. So I kind of went into it thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I don't care. As long as it's just a good movie, uh, I was really digging the original ideas. I was a little bit worried going into this movie that it was going to feel a little bit too much like the movies it's tributing. Um, I was worried that it, you know, on the one hand, I was hoping it would be like a Quentin Tarantino movie where he uses a lot of other things, he, a lot of other movies to influence his work, but it's never to the detriment of the originality. It's still like a really, you know, inventive movie when you're watching Tarantino. So that's what I was hoping for this one. And I believe we totally got it. And I think that all of all of the issues that I have with Baby Driver, all of the things that I could nitpick are pointless and completely just diminished by the overall product. I, I think this is a movie that it, it, it absolutely blows other movies away in its genre. Um, in 2017, uh, the last couple of years even, I think it really, really shines. Uh, mostly because I think we've been dealing a lot with like editing fatigue. A lot of really mm-hmm. poorly edited movies. First one, I was going back in my mind, I was like, okay, bring one up, bring up an example. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah. Fantastic mm-hmm. example of this. And... So, Baby Driver, I mean, the first scene alone, as soon as you get into this movie, you realize that something really uh, special is happening on screen. Uh, This is a movie where the music and the action in lots of different ways, not just in the car chase scenes, but in just little moments when people are walking down the street, all of it just blends seamlessly together. There are, there are criticisms for this film that I've looked at, and I've, I understood where some people might be coming from. It is a simple movie. Very, mm-hmm. very straightforward. This is not the kind of movie where you're like, it's interesting. It's not the kind of movie where you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. This is the kind of movie where you're like, I think this is where it's going. Oh, that happened differently than I expected. Mm-hmm. That's this kind of movie to me. Um, and just to put it all out there, I, I think it's a masterwork. My favorite movie of 2017 so far. What about you, Matt? Wow. Um, I mean, you, you said it all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I think it is, it is my favorite movie since being a Cinemaholic podcast contributor. It is my favorite movie of this year that I've seen like that was made this year or wasn't. Every movie I've watched this year <laughs> outside of anything, this is my favorite one so far. And a lot of that has to do with something John kind of uh, briefly talked about there with the music editing and the sound editing. Um, that's something that I've been pretty much whining about and barking about since I started talking on here with you guys is that mm-hmm. just waiting for a movie to give me a soundtrack that works really well. And Guardians of the Galaxy got really close with what the soundtrack was. But as far as interaction with that soundtrack and blending it into the movie, the Baby Driver makes Guardians of the Galaxy look like Ghost in the Shell. I don't know. Like, it's just garbage. You know what I mean? So I, I think that this is just an a, a t- artistic, masterfully tasteful way to make music a part of the scene in a way that... that it's just perfect for me. <laughs> and I know perfect's a, a big word when we're critiquing or, you know, reviewing movies, but as far as the music goes, it, it, it can't be from the opening scene. Like John said, the moment he plays his first song and he starts interacting with it and you hear the world and then he's walking or it's just like, Whoa, this is something different. This is something unique that I have not seen yet this year. Um, it is a simple movie. I, I agree with that, but it, that doesn't bother me. I, like, I don't think I need every movie I see to be this big, you know, oh, this dramatic plot to us. Like, it's okay to enjoy a simple movie that's really, really expertly done. Um, 
John and I had a really big discussion today about simple food. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sometimes you just want a nice, easy meal. You know, a hamburger with lettuce is cool. You know, you don't need to go crazy on it, and it's still enjoyable. And for me, that's what this was. It was a, it was a classic meal. We need to work on that analogy, though, because <laughs> this is not like prego spaghetti. It's just what we were well, I didn't bring up prego spaghetti. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there's nothing wrong with a simple meal or a simple movie. That's just really, really good. And and that's what this was for me. It was great, and I enjoyed every piece of it. Um, I think what maybe to like round that out is I, I'm talking about the experience yeah. uh, a lot, you know, here. I, I think that that's why I hold it in such high esteem is I had a great experience with this movie and it's one that, uh, yeah, I, I want to go to Will because we've been gushing about it. All right. Great. But Will, Will you, like you said, you, it seems like you're slightly below us on this one. Break my heart. Will. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> What's going on? No, no. I mean, I agree that it, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a simple movie. I'd say it's very straightforward and I would say... It's maybe, in my opinion, I think I just had too many expectations going in. I think it was a little too straightforward to a fault. In the sense that, like, we were talking about earlier about how all of Edgar Wright's movies, there's more to them. Like, you know, like, Hot Fuzz isn't just a cop movie or a cop comedy. It's doing more with, like, well, actually, to be more specific, the whole uh, the whole trilogy, you know, is just ta- tackling these different genres, but talking about masculinity and all these different themes and, you know, mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim does kind of a similar thing about even, you know, you could talk about different things about that. But I feel like with Baby Driver, like you guys said. Probably. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott yeah, Pilgrim, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just asking me to have more self-respect for <laughs> well, <that's laughs> uh, <laughs> criticizing Baby Driver. But um, no, I, I like you the say, way you are, Will. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh yeah, I was going to say, with Baby Driver, you know, it's like a pretty, like, by Edgar Wright standards, it's pretty much straightforward, you know, it's just a quick, like, you know, speedy, easy drive, and it's not really tackling anything more than what's, like, on the surface. Totally disagree. Okay, totally disagree. I think this movie is really sneaky, because okay. this this is what I got out of it. This was that extra mile uh, pun, not intended, but appreciated. The extra mile with this movie is our main character, Baby, has tinnitus. Mm-hmm. He uses music to drown out uh, ringing in his ears. And it also, sure. you know, because of like the connection he has to music that's tied to his past, the fact that he was basically raised by a criminal and a very saintly figure, and okay. the way that those two things co- uh, coincide, uh, he's, a very, he's an interesting character. But I think what this movie does that I, I worry is going over some people's heads, or maybe some people aren't appreciating as much, is the fact that it informs, like, he's very stoic. He sits there. He doesn't really. He's just a quirky guy. Um, yep. I think it's safe to say, like, there's something just off about him. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have even compared him to saying maybe he's on the spectrum. But what's interesting about right. that is all of these criminal characters who are sort of subdued when we first meet them, they meet Baby and they just don't know what to do with him. And then mm-hmm. they start, because they can't figure him out, they start to project their own personalities onto Baby. Throughout this entire movie, he's just sitting there. The things that he wants don't clash at all with the criminals. They're pulling him into this world of crime. And through all that, they're projecting their own insecurities, paranoia, and absurdity onto him because they don't understand him. And I think this movie is really cleverly talking about what we do to people who are just outsiders. So that that's what I love about this movie. That's why when I think of like the simple straightforward story, that's why I think it works because it wouldn't work if that stuff had been more overt because then it would have felt really inconsistent uh, in regards to the tone. Yeah. But I don't disagree with that, but I thought uh, like I thought there was going to be more to it than that. I just feel like like what it's saying isn't really like all that complicated. And deep. That's a really original message, though. The idea of like a character who has all of these special gifts, and even though he can do all of these amazing things that the characters just saw, they still don't trust right. him. They still think that he's up to no good, or that he can't get the job done because they don't understand him. And it, uh, there is there is a message about inclusivity here that's really interesting, and the fact that he's well, a young guy and there's stuff to play out there too. I don't know if I... I mean, they, they grow to distrust him by the end, but I feel like at the beginning, there's only one that really doesn't trust him. I mean, I don't want to... I mean, it's basically just Jamie Foxx's character doesn't trust him at the beginning. Well, John Bernthal's character, though. And like, Jamie Foxx's well, yeah, that's, the okay. same way. Yeah. But well, even, even yeah, the characters yeah. who don't trust him, the ones that like him, they're also projecting their ideas on him, but in a different way that you find out is just as nefarious. Right, so the people that sure. like you that are kind of charming with him, you really they're being condescending to him, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure, and I don't disagree with that. And I actually 
think I'm actually going to appreciate this movie. Like most Edgar Wright movies, the more I watch it, just because I think there's so much on it that's, you know, like you said, there's more to it and there's more you kind of appreciate when you go on to it. It's going to be, in, it's definitely interesting to watch this movie so close to Okuja when we talk about that later, because I feel like mm, it does yeah. kind of similar things. But yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think you're you're convincing me that this is a better movie. Oh man, that's yeah. never happened. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I was thinking the same things and I get like a lot of people are criticizing this movie for the romance between Ansel Elgort and Lily James's characters and I, I definitely see that like especially with like Lily James's character she plays Deborah this waitress yeah. she's Deborah. she's like an idea like more of an idea than a character yeah. and- she's still great because Lily James is very cute and she's very mm-hmm. like lively and she does she does a good job convincing us that she loves music and then that translates right. to the chemistry between her, between her and baby. So it works fine, but it's not yeah. nearly as good as I think the rest of the movie. Well, I'd say my, my, I'm glad you brought this up because my second biggest complaint is that I think the female characters in this movie, they're slightly mo- less developed than the male characters. I just feel like there's, there could have been more like they sure, could have done a yeah. or two that could have made these characters really pop. Like I, like you said, I think Lily James, she's adorable. Um, I'm, totally blanking on the uh, other lady's name i feel bad isaac gonzalez yeah there you go she i mean she's a great screen presence but i feel like her character is kind of underdeveloped in the same way especially compared to john uh, you know john ham and kevin spacey and jamie fox and even flea i guess to extent i feel like there was (laughs) more opportunity there to kind of develop these two characters and i feel like if they had like maybe one or two rewrites they could have been really even more developed but i mean i think that's another criticism to the simplicity of the movie but i mean that's that's pretty minor all things considered that's just but i still think it's a valid complaint yeah for, for me it's more nitpick territory i i do okay. think yeah that's valid well, I, I think that i'd say it's more than nitpick i'd say it's more a nitpick but it's not like it doesn't kill the movie i just feel like it was just more like uh like like i said really like this movie i just like if that was like a little better this could have been like a 10 out of 10 for me but i think for me it just doesn't it's not as consequential i guess and you sure. know it's it's going to vary depending on the viewer and yeah. one of the reasons like i grade this movie so highly is i think that even with all of the even with all the problems you can find with it mm-hmm. i don't think any of them take away from this movie or take away from like how great of an experience this movie is like like you were saying before we've been yeah, talking a, a lot movie. though maverick and you know yeah. i know you have a lot of opinions on this i yeah i i mean <laughs> i um I just love it so much that I don't know what to say other than that. And I know that sounds lazy, but it's just like, I just want you guys we, to stop being mean to my friend. <laughs> Maverick, can we talk about how awesome the stunts are? Yes, Will. That is a great transition. Let's talk about that. What's up, man? What you got to say about it? Oh, I <laughs> yeah, mean, just like... Uh, no, I was going to say, like... I wanted I mean, to hear like, from you. But yeah. uh, no, so I, um, I haven't seen a lot of you know crazy driving movies like this. I, it's just not well, a genre Fast and Furious. Normally. Yeah, which I don't like and I never watch. Which <laughs> this makes it look like The Land Before Time and sure, yeah. the sequels. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't have a lot of history with this, but I, I just in general, when it comes to movies that are high action like this, I usually get really bugged by how overproduced and like stupid scenes can be. And mm-hmm. I thought this, um, this movie did those really, really well. I, I thought the driving scenes were interesting. And for it being a movie about a getaway driver, I feel like they mm-hmm. didn't overdo the getaway driving part, right? Like, they they, they mixed a, it up. They had a great balance between like that part of the movie, you know, the char- like all that stuff in between. So I I really appreciated that. But if we're talking yeah. about just the driving scenes themselves, I thought they were fantastic. And again, yeah. a lot of that comes back to me for how the music and the sound was worked into it. That made yeah. it amazing for me. What do you think of the soundtrack? Well, cars mm-hmm. would stall during stalls in the song. They would hit speed bumps yeah. during heavy beats. Yeah. They would mm-hmm. change gears. Like that stuff just. I mean, it was through the roof for me how much I enjoyed. They don't just sweat the details; the details just enhance the whole movie. Yeah. 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 Um, What what did you ask me? Will I'm sorry, I didn't. No, no. I was just gonna say. I think a big reason why I was gonna bring up the stunts because, like, they're all like. I mean, I do like the Fast Furious movies, especially more or definitely more than you. But I was gonna say, well, I think puts this one over the edge to those movies that, like, all these stunts they're all 100 percent real. Like, there's no CGI as far as I can tell. Like these are just real. None of the car chase scenes. I think it was. I was looking at IMDb and I I, I thought I just read somewhere that like there was no CGI used in a lot of these. There was there was CGI I think in like one or two scenes, but they weren't car chase scenes. Yeah, right. Which I mean, like it just makes you appreciate it even more. Kind of like in the same way you appreciate like Bullet or even like if we're gonna talk like comedy chase, like something like Blues Brothers, like how like those chases really kind of add to the movie. I see that. I think, yeah, like you said, Bullet is a huge inspiration here. I touched on this before, but one of the things I love the most about this movie is it is a treasure trove of people who love uh, not just crime movies, 
but driving movies, yeah. uh, you know, getaway car movies, uh, French Connection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the driver is an obvious, clear. They even reference it uh, the year that it was made toward the end of the movie. And I love it. I, I do think it's Tarantino territory where you really feel like he, he takes all the things that work about those movies, works about those movies, and he generates like a new experience out yeah. of it. Like yeah. it's, you're not you're not getting the same like you know emotional stuff from the, those movies. Just it's different and it's played differently. Um, two yeah. characters in particular, I think, feel very just original to me, and that's uh, John Hamm's character and Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. I, what do you guys think though of Jamie Fox? Starting with you, Will. Um, I liked him. I think he did a good job, but I kind of wish he was like maybe like a, a little crazier. Like I feel like they could have done more with him, like unhinged. I think like, you're the I, only I, person who has said that. I've heard nothing but people just hating on how obnoxious really? he already is. Yeah, yeah. But see, like compared to like Electro, like he's pretty tame. Uh, like, I don't know. I just thought Electro was awkward. Well, I mean, like else. maybe not Electro. What was his name? Max? Is that the guy that was like the human version of Electro, who's like a complete cartoon character and a buffoon? Uh, like, the whole... That's played by like, Jamie Fox. Yeah, in Spider Man or Amazing Spider Man Two. So you're like, you're talking about Electro? Or yeah, the, but the, the guy he's well, the, like the Max, human version yeah, of that character. Yeah, yeah Max. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a complete yeah, cartoon character. Saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just feel like, and also like he he was on like in Living Color and stuff. We've seen him like more cartoonish. And I feel like the movie could have benefited from, like, maybe just a little more. But, like, that's, like, a super... That's, to me, like, that's a nitpick. I I don't know. I disagree a lot. I think one of my few... Not really complaints, but I would have liked... I don't know. Now I feel, like, embarrassed. Like, I don't want to say this. I I thought Jimmy Fox was annoying. Like, I didn't like Hmm. Jimmy Fox's character a whole lot. He but was I liked what he, I liked what he was That's kind of doing. The point. Well, I liked what he was doing because he was like there was actual tension when there right. needed to be tension because yeah. of what they set him up as. So I, I'm not quite as down on him. I, th- I thought it was just right. I don't know if I, I know. really wanted more craziness. Yeah. I thought I feel well, like that just what I felt weird. I could not. Have I mean, more crazy. I, let me phrase it like this. I think like when they're in the diner in that one scene, and it's like super tense. I think that's perfect. Like, that's the great amount of crazy for that situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, when they're, like, crazy. they're in that one warehouse scene. Like, I think that scene, he could have been, like, definitely more crazy than he actually is. And that would have just made the movie even more enjoyable, especially for, like, what they're going for in that scene. Do you get what I'm saying now, kind of? Uh, maybe. I, I would go on, but I, I think it would require, like, spoilers. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, I could, I guess I could see that. I guess I would push back a little bit because there are things that I think that it just would have... I think part of the movie would have suffered a bit if he had been over-exaggerated, but I, I, who knows, right? Maybe um, that would have been better. Uh, okay, well, that's Jamie Foxx, and um, like we mentioned before, John Hamm, <laughs> we don't want to spoil it, but that that's just a great character. Great, yeah. just great performance. <laughs> really great performance. He, he was the first... Uh, he was one of the, he's the only person who was at the first table read for Baby Driver that actually like made, made it, it to the to final the, film. The yeah. character was written for him. Um, who was uh, yeah. the first person for... Uh, baby driver because i thought ansel was on from the beginning oh there was a few people no not from the very beginning like not the first table read okay um, yeah i'm not entirely sure like who they considered instead of him but hmm. i know that I thought uh, he was great i mean i thought you know a lot of people give ansel a lot of crap but i thought he was fantastically uh yeah. preserved in this movie and i think he did a really good job and i feel like a lot of people are overlooking his performance like, you know, for obvious things like the stunts and the obviously the like, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Spacey and John Hamm and stuff. But I think he did a really great job. And he's he's also going to be he's going to be in uh, another movie with Kevin Spacey this year. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Billionaire Boys Club. I don't know what that is. Me neither. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's a smaller right. movie. Okay. Um, I, I, I also uh, Lily James's character before they settled on her. Chloe Grace Moretz was originally going to be that character. Oh, so okay. they, they did go through so, a lot of different things. Um, Emma Stone. I, was also I think, considered. I think uh, I think they went with the right choice with Lily James. Oh, she's fantastic in this. Yeah, I, just yeah, like she's great. Now I don't mean fantastic as in like she gives like an Oscar worthy performance, but mm. like what she had to do with that character, I feel like the movie would have bombed big time for me if the Deborah character had been what I think a lot of people are accusing her as as just mm-hmm. like, this like dim-witted waitress you know like there's something that she does with that character that doesn't feel manic pixie dream girl you know it doesn't feel like fake or it's i don't know i feel like she she just seemed like a real person yeah she (laughs) she had like um an inner life to her and i felt like she had more agency than the script kind of gave her at least as far as i can tell you know i haven't read the script but i mean i feel like she kind of yeah 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 i feel like she was one that really kind of propelled her character made it even stronger. And I kind of wish that's like another reason why I think I wish her character was a little stronger. Cause I just feel like 
Lily James did such a great job that I just wanted to see more from her. And I feel like they kind of uh, dropped the ball in that sense. I suspect, because this movie takes place in Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. not really a creative choice because the tax incentives, we're going to start seeing a lot more movies coming out of Atlanta, TV shows, of course, too. Well, there's uh, yeah, there's been a lot of movies and shows in Atlanta already. But, oh, of course, yeah, Walking Dead, yeah. famously. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it still, though, is a location that I think is very underutilized, the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't think that they they fully embrace like the landmarks and like the real feel of like the, you know, being in Atlanta, which I know many of our viewers have no idea what that really is, but so I don't think it's like something you're missing out on necessarily. It would have been really nice, I guess, for people who are fans of the city. Uh, I do love that the movie embraces fully embraces like Southern characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's that. I think that's why the Deborah character does work for me a bit better than I think for some others, because that is a person that I knew, like, in the South. Like, though, there are girls like that. They're just very sweet, very genuine, nice without being fake. And they are just kind of like, at, at a drop of a hat, they will just do something crazy that other people would think is crazy. Yeah. But they're just very giving people. And um, that, that was a character that I fully was like, I understood what that was. And I liked it. I, I thought it was uh, different than most other uh, damsel in distresses, if, if, which I wouldn't even call her that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't call her Damsel in Distress either. You think she's going to be one, yeah. Right. What do you, Maverick, think about... Some people have said this movie's a bit formulaic. I touched on it earlier when I said, you know, some people are kind of like, oh, you know, part of it being a little simple is like, you kind of see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, or...? I I don't feel like I, like I ever doubted how the movie was going to end. Um, I was just really surprised at some of the turns that it got me there. I think you kind of painted this earlier. It's The movie does a really good job of kind of suggesting what's going to happen, but getting there in a different way that... I just like a that. detour, almost. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. A shortcut. <laughs> like, like a shortcut. But yeah, I, 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 it was never a complaint for me. I was never like, oh, this is going to happen, this happened, I'm upset now. It was just more so like, I'm really enjoying this movie, and I'm really enjoying how we're getting to these points, whether or not I expected them to happen. So yeah. yeah. I mean, quick anecdote, uh, because I feel like a lot of this review, we spent time looking at the biggest criticisms already lobbed at this movie and sort of giving our mm-hmm. take on whether or not we agree or disagree. Say we've disagreed with Melissa, but agreed with a few. Um, so there are, uh, Will has definitely pointed out some valid issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, anecdotally, I have talked to so many people who have just gone ahead and seen this and have loved the movie, thought it was a blast. No, they don't think it's 100% the perfect movie or anything like that. I just think that like all of the things that we could say, like, oh, this wasn't quite as good as I expected, or, oh, it was a little formulaic, I, I just don't think that it's that distracting for people. Or none of it is such a big flaw that takes away from the things about this movie that work so much better than a lot of other movies coming out this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, but keeping on that whole, like, the plot thing, Will, did you have a take on that? Like, the form- you know, possibly being a little formulaic? Uh, no, I mean, not more than, like, what I was saying before, is that I thought the movie was kind of straightforward to a fault, but I wouldn't call it formulaic. I mean, if anything, I would just say, like, as afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah, this kind of followed, like, some beats, but I feel like the road they take to those is so entertaining and so, you know, unique to Edgar Wright's style and, you know, so ambiguous to his voice that I think it doesn't feel, like, even the stuff that would feel formulaic in, like, a different filmmaker's hands doesn't really feel formulaic here. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's uh, let's get into our final thoughts. I feel like we've really covered the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with you, Maverick, what are your final thoughts on grade? I think I don't care who you are, you need to go see this movie because I think anyone can enjoy it. it. It offers something to any kind of moviegoer and any per- like. If you I like- believe it's rated R though, so you have to be age appropriate. Oh, yeah, or yeah. well, that part. Or just be a rebel. Uh, sneak in. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> yeah we do not officially condone to support that behavior go ahead you don't but i'm sober and i can do whatever i want so i do oh. condone it i'm just kidding i'm sorry anyway uh i think it like i said before it doesn't matter what kind of movies you like or enjoy i think anyone can find something in this it is my favorite movie of the year so far like i've said so it's am, are we doing grades right now too is that what you said yes a no question no thought about it it's an awesome. a for me all right, All right. go ahead will my first yeah, i mean year. yeah Nice. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm glad yeah. you were here for it. Uh, it's a proud moment. I'm a proud Cinnaholic <laughs> dad. Cinnadad. Uh, yeah. dad. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so even though I've been a little critical of the movie, like, don't take that as me being negative. This movie is, you know, a pure joy to watch. Definitely go see in the theater. 
If you love Edgar Wright, you know, you probably already bought your ticket and saw it, and you're going to go see it twice now. If you are a big fan of Edgar Wright, I think you'll still probably enjoy it. You know, it doesn't have a lot of his, like, kind of quirkiness as much as, like, his other movies. I feel like it's pretty, you know, like, an all-round, you know, crowd-pleaser. And, you know, it's just generally, like you guys were saying, like, it's well-made, it's super well-edited, acting's great, uh, you know, makes great use of Lana... And just, you know, it's like an all-around fun movie. And I don't know, like, I mean, you you guys were comparing it to Quentin Tarantino a decent bit, but I feel like this is all like, great right here. And yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to watching it again, just because I think it's going to reward it like all of Edgar Wright's movies do when you watch them again. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for more people to check it out. What's your grade? Oh, yeah, sorry, B+. Awesome. All right. Uh, for me, I love this movie. I think that it's... This movie is one of the reasons I go to theaters to watch movies because every once in a while you just have that movie that just just fires on all cylinders. Uh, I, I just think that this movie, we, we said it all already, but it just the things that it does are just so different. It's a different kind of experience, and I give it a lot of credit for that. Uh, I think that, as Maverick, you said, it has something for everybody. It has so many reasons to love it that like I just I I feel so bad because like I know some people aren't going to watch it because one or two things that people might not love about it. You know, it's kind of a reason like, hey, you know. Uh, for me, this is an A film. It's a must-see. It's the kind of movie that uh, I just really appreciate the originality. I really, But at the same time, the reason I compared it to Tarantino is, yes, it is Edgar Wright style. It is an Edgar Wright movie uh, the whole way through. But I, I just want to bring up that a lot of directors cannot pull off this trick where you watch a movie that does feel a little bit like they watched you know, an old movie and wanted to just remake that. Or they just put they use too many references to old films and they alienate uh, wide audiences. You know, if you don't get the references, you don't get the full impact of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm really impressed here. I, I really think this is a, a movie that just is able to get high marks in everything that it tries to do. I don't think it fails at anything it tries to do, and it gets at least you know a B. B plus grade on all like the aspects of the filmmaking here. Um, and then in some cases it is a straight a, so hundred percent, that's my grade. So uh, first of the year as well, I'm really excited to like have a movie to love this much. Uh, I'm really glad, like we're not that far in disagreement. I think that we all really like this movie and want other people to see it. So, uh, definitely a positive review on this one. So it's, it's worth your money. It's worth it. It is all the money you saved from listening to us and not going to see Transformers. You can put towards this and enjoy your life. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. There's only, there's only one critic I know who has actually thought this movie is bad, uh, who has said the movie is just a bad movie. And he's, he's said like, I'm in the minority. Like I know most people are going to love this one. Uh, I think it was Alonzo from the rap. Oh really? Alonzo Gerald. Call. Yeah. He, he gave the movie like a 4.9 out of 10 or something like that. I usually, uh, I usually Uh, agree with him. So I'll have to check out that review. It's it's an interesting review. It's on what the flick. Mm-hmm. If you watch Baby Driver and you don't agree with any of us, uh, you might you might be in Alonzo's camp. Yeah. He he definitely had some big issues with the film, and uh, you know yeah. obviously like he's a guy who loves movies, seen more movies than all three of us combined. So uh, definitely respect yeah. his opinion on. I that. I mean, this is one of those rare times where I actually kind of agreed with um, Armin White. He called it like an almost great film, and that's kind of where I'm at. He called it like a Asperger's masterpiece too, which I found kind of interesting. So hmm, yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more with uh, Richard Roper actually. Oh boy, um, which I usually am not. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I, I I respect him, but I don't usually agree with Richard Roper. So, all that to said, uh, we all, we all like this movie. Um, that'll do it for our future review. Don't go away, Cinemaholics. We'll be right back. Hey, Cinemaholics, we know a lot of you are looking forward to the new film Spider-Man Homecoming, and we're definitely excited about reviewing the film on next week's show. We've got a quick news bite to throw your way in the meantime. There's been a lot of confusion over the eventual future of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whether or not he'll go back to Sony, or how the movie rights will ultimately work out and impact future Marvel films, well, speaking with the Toronto Sun, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige finally revealed that Tom Holland's Spider-Man will be getting a five-film arc in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which already started with Captain America Civil War. The second film, of course, of course, Spider-Man Home coming out in theaters this week, followed by Avengers Infinity War, and then the untitled Part 2 of in- Avengers Infinity War, and a sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. This seemingly contradicts recent reports that Spider-Man Homecoming would be a trilogy, and this five-film arc might suggest that Holland's tenure concludes with just a second solo film. But based on Feige's comments about these movies being a specific arc for Holland's Spider-Man in high school, we can possibly interpret this news as Marvel and Sony being open to more Tom Holland Spider-Man films as an adult. That's our news bite for now, but for more on this story, be sure to check out WeGotThisCovered.com. 
Welcome back. Let's talk about mini reviews. We have a lot of things to get to. Uh, the first thing that I want to start with, a movie that uh, Maverick and I have seen. Mm. Will hasn't come to your area yet. We're not going to mini review it, but we do want to encourage you guys to go see The Big Sick. Uh, the Big Sick is not available everywhere. Uh, it's probably not in your area, but I know uh, quite a lot of uh, our listeners are in the Bay Area. A lot of them are in California. And if The Big Sick is in your area... We're going to review the movie when it wide releases around July 14th, but if you can go see this movie now, please do. Maverick and I loved the movie. It was uh, a great week for it us. It was so great to watch it right after watching Baby Driver. Yeah. Uh, Maverick, you really liked it, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but I think it's just an overall really enjoyable movie. I have not seen a comedy where I've genuinely laughed in a long time, and yeah. I, was, I was rolling. I mean, there was a lot of really good humor in the show. And I think you should go see it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's called The Big Stick. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, Camille Nanjiani from Silicon Valley. Uh, stars in this movie with Zoe Kazan. Uh, it's a very personal movie for him. It's a movie that he made uh, really about his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all we'll give away yeah. here. Go check out the trailer, he of course, on the We Got This Wrote it with channel. his wife, right? It's great. Emily Gordon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's great. It has Ray Romano in it, Holly Hunter, Bo Burnham in a great role. Woo! <laughs> Please watch it. That's all we're going to say for now because Will Ashton hasn't seen mm-hmm. it. Uh, but all three of us are going to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Definitely. And uh, let's let's get back into our mini reviews. So starting with Will Ashton, you went out and you saw Despicable Me 3. First of all, Despicable Me 3, what did you think of the first two movies and Minions? All right. Uh, so I, if I remember correctly, John, you hate these movies with the Eye of a Thousand Suns, right? So much. Okay. I've yes. never seen them and I also hate them. I think the first one is okay. Sure. The second one, I fell asleep, and I tried to rewatch it again, and I hated it, okay. and I skipped Minions. All right. Uh, yeah, so I thought, you know, like, I thought the first two movies were, you know, perfectly enjoyable for what they were. I mean, they're highly commercialized. You know, they, they feel very, you know, like like a lot of studio heads are kind of like, oh, like, what should we do here? But at the same time, there is kind of like a Looney Tunes sensibility to them that I enjoy, and I do think they have this kind of heart in their sleeves uh, enjoyment to them. Like they're very sentimental, but not in a way I find very detrimental. And I do think there's enough goofiness, you know, either with the minions or just with the general, like, uh, kind of bubbly animation that I, I enjoyed both those movies. Fine. Like, I don't think they're great movies. I think they're perfectly just okay. Like for what they are, they're just kind of like B level movies. Uh, minions. I'm not that far behind. I think it should be like a C movie. Like I think quality wise, it's probably about a C, but I like, kind of have a soft spot for it because i've watched it twice now once in theaters and once on netflix and i thought both times i was gonna hate it and i don't know i just i don't know maybe i'm just was in a good mood both times i watched them i thought it was kind of funny i'm very much the minority on that i enjoyed it just like as a guilty pleasure i i don't know whatever it just made me giggle but suspectable me three i think the, the wear and tear of this franchise is really kind of dragged on me from like 2010 to now like just they, they've just been marketing these movies so excessively to the point where it's like they don't even feel like like this movie just didn't even feel like a movie. It just felt like a big commercial for like more minion toys and whatever minions were gonna be on. Like I, I've been like making these all these minion jokes lately, just like as if like they're always but like it's true, like everywhere I go these days, like I just see minions everywhere. Like I was at the bank and there were minions. I went to the grocery store and there's minions and just like I just go everywhere and there's like I would be shocked would not be shocked if I like, were to somehow wind up in church and like on the thing there would just be a big minion. Like it's just they're everywhere these days and it just is driving me insane. And so I think that kind of led my cynicism for this third movie, which I just I tried as I might. Like I, I tried to go in with an open mind and like I wanted to like this movie, you know, despite my recent cynicism for the series, but I just could not deal because it was just, in my opinion, Despicable Me 3 is the first, like, genuinely not good or uh, Despicable Me franchise film. Like, it just, like, the story is not, like, it's, it's all over the place. There's, like, seven stories going on. None of them are very well developed, and the ones that are there are just kind of generic. Like, there's, like, an 80s villain played by Trey Parker, who's probably the most inspired bit of the whole thing. He's, like, this former child star who got neglected early on in his age, and he's been kind of gone... In, he's gone into this villain uh, field just so he can have some sense of power again, but, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like everything else is just, like, this, like, brother... Like, lost twin story, which someone pointed out it's, like, basically the same as uh, that one episode of The Simpsons with Danny DeVito. It's pretty much that same plot. And there's, like, this thing with, like, uh, 
the wife who's like trying to be a good mother that goes nowhere and this thing with like the little girl finding a unicorn that goes nowhere and it just I don't know like it just felt like they threw a bunch of ideas at the screen that none of them were like that good or really if they were good they weren't that developed and I mean the animation is stellar as always I, I like the animation style and I like how like frantic and bubbly it is but I don't know, I just I just felt tired after watching like as I was watching this movie I just felt so exhausted and just so sick of this series I'm just I did not enjoy myself watching this I'm gonna give it a low C plus awesome awesome I you know it, for me I know if I saw these movies I'd be really harsh on them uh, if I saw this movie three I mean I, yeah I don't I don't fully agree with you but I do agree with you on some things I think the first two I get what they're trying to go for they're not terrible movies I just they're just not for me and I, I understand the appeal this third one I just I, I might go check it out eventually. It's just that there's something about these movies that just feel... Maybe I just get a little too cringy with the commercialized aspect right. of it, as you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, I actually did go to see Minions. I, w- I wanted to give it a fair mm-hmm. shake, but we left because the line to get in was like going around the theater. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my fiancé, like we looked at each other and we're like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, this isn't worth it. And we just left. And I'm, I've been pretty happy about that. All right. But yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to a movie that I've seen, and will I think you actually managed to catch this as well, so mm-hmm. you can chime in. Okja. Yeah. Uh, this is a new movie from Netflix, yeah. and uh, this one was directed by. Uh, I have a hard time pronouncing Bong his name. I don't want to get it right. Yes, thank you. Bong did the movie uh, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. and the host. Snowpiercer is a movie that I love. Uh, came out two years ago. Uh, was it 2015 or 2014? Uh, 2014, right. I think. Yeah, at least in the U.S. Yeah, I might not have. Yeah, I might not have seen it until like 2015. Yeah. Maybe uh, I saw that movie on Netflix, and uh, I-, I love the way this director does chase scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Okja is about a. It's very interesting. It's kind of like a a satire on a political satire on the company Monsanto that basically like they make like a lot of our food mm-hmm. and they like genetically engineer like hormones and stuff and the food that they like meats and stuff. So this movie takes it to an extreme with this fake corporation that's just like them basically called Mirando and uh, Tilda Swinton plays this really enigmatic CEO who has been doing this like big like uh, you know genetically engineered pig program where they she puts it into like they're they're run by like traditional farmers Mm -hmm. are raising these like genetically engineered pigs and the idea it's a publicity stunt they're trying to make it so that people are warming up to the idea of companies creating animals and using and slaughtering them uh in order to maximize profits basically and uh it's, it's an interesting satire, but that, that's half of the movie. The other half is this uh, friendship and bond between a young Korean girl named Mija who raised uh, the best of the super pigs. They're actually kind of like super piglets. They don't really look like pigs yeah, at all. Yeah, they kind of like, they, like, they look like a hippo almost, like a hippo and a pig, like if they mated. That's what I kind of got out of it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I think that this, I, I think that uh, the weird look of the creatures lends to a lot of the fun mm-hmm. uh, and it, it really you know it, it's it's an interesting looking creature uh the relationship between okja the name of this pig and mija drives a lot of this film uh the moments between them are very different from what we get with a sort of like crazy corporation where jake gyllenhaal plays this like tv animal expert yeah. who's like super bonkers one of the weirdest roles gyllenhaal has oh, ever done by far but Okay. Like I have no idea what okay, he was yeah. going for there. It's it's so bad. It's good territory. Oh uh, no no I no! Think. I think I I I knew people were gonna love or hate it. I'm fully in the love category. He was cracking me up the whole time. I thought he was fantastic. He was cracking me up, but I do think it's bad. But it's also good. Uh, so I I think if he like took it like like to me like this is like if uh, Jamie Fox wasn't quite crazy enough for me. I think he was too crazy. Like if he I think <laughs> yeah. he should have reined it in a little bit. But I think so. Somebody between Jamie Fox and Jake right. Gyllenhaal in these two <laughs> yeah. movies would have been perfect. Oh yeah, Baby Driver for you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. No, I yeah. This is a very in some ways this is a bit of a messy film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it always achieves what it's going for, but I I absolutely adore it anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I just think this is a fun Netflix movie. It's so much fun to watch. It's it's probably their best movie since uh, I don't feel at home in this mm-hmm. world anymore. Before that, Beast of No Nation. Mm-hmm. 
And I just love what they... I think it's better than I don't feel at home in this world anymore, but I know, Will, you'll disagree with that. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. not by too much. I mean, I, sure. I adored this movie, too. Like, I mean, I just got... I stopped watching it uh, maybe, like, less than an hour before we started recording. I'm still high on the movie. I just think, you know, it's exactly what I wanted from Bong Joon-ho. I mean, I liked Snowpiercer. Sure. But I didn't quite love it as much as The Host and Mother, his first two films. Or the first two movies before Snowpiercer. Uh, yes. Yeah, but... Uh, he, yeah, it's totally his movie. Like, it is a Netflix production, but it, it's totally a Bong Joon-ho movie. And it's kind of, like, what I wanted Chappie to be, in a way. Like, Chappie is, like, this R-rated huh. Um, huh. short-circuit movie, in the sense that, like, it's, like, an R-rated kid fantasy. But they think they took it too far, and, like, they were going for, like, this weird thing with uh, D-Antworth. The band. Oh, yeah, man. that it just didn't, it just, like... That was weird. It, I, I think that just didn't quite gel together. This, it's basically, like, an R-rated... In some ways, it's like an R-rated My Neighbor Totoro, and uh, <laughs> I thought of Spirited Away, but I think that that's yeah, sure, yeah, or like uh, Iron Giant, like something around those lines, like a yeah, like a father or well, I guess a mother mother relate or mother daughter relationship in this film, but uh, yeah, just like like uh, it's like any other director probably would have made it like um, like a PG fantasy, but they kind of took it in a more adult direction. I think like it, it's a risk to do that, but I think it played off here because what they were ultimately doing at the end and like what they wanted to yeah. go with the message, I think was really effective. If, even if it was pretty dark and unsettling, it's so dark. <laughs> the, the ending of this movie, I was like, I was having a hard time, but in a good yeah. way, I, I was, I was getting like Schindler's list. I feelings. Right. Whereas like earlier in the movie, I was getting more like other Spielberg movies. Right. It's kind of, it's interesting what bomb was going for mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a weird movie, like a hundred percent weird. But I think it's just weird enough that, like, it's not over-the-top, like, Chappie, but it's not, you know, like, a normal conventional uh, American production. I mean, I know it's obviously not a full American production. It's, like, a, a bunch of different countries help put this movie together. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's totally worth it if you have a Netflix account. I mean, if you have it and it's just right there, just check it out. It's really good. And I think you're not going to see many movies like it. I mean, we've obviously compared it to other films. Really, yeah. But, like, yeah, it's kind of its own... You'll think of other movies, but it's at the same time, it's certainly its own little weird entity, and I'd say definitely check it out. Yeah, and uh, we didn't even mention uh, one of the some of the best characters, too. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Dano is great oh, yeah. in this. He shows up. Lily Collins. Uh, I Oh, what's, what's the name of... Uh, Tell us when? Gus Fring. Oh, uh, Giancarlo Espinito? Giancarlo Espinito, thank you. Um, and uh, Steve Ewan is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh the casting in this movie is fantastic. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the name of one of the assistants is. She's the one with the very high yeah. voice. I know I've seen I her. I feel in, like, bad for her because she's like so typecast. That... Like she always does like roles like yes. the meek, like <laughs> I don't want to disturb anybody. Like I feel, but she gets yeah. she gets great dialogue right. <laughs> in this movie that like totally contradicts that. So. Yeah. Uh, but and I don't know. I think yeah. you said on Twitter. You didn't say on here that you're going to dress up as. Um, Baby driver for Halloween. I think I'm gonna go as uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, in this movie, <laughs> just because he's just such a wild. I mean, I know a lot of people are gonna hate it. I mean, I know you're kind of on the fence, John, but I I was just I was in Nirvana watching his performance. I decided I'm so kind funny. of wondering if I'm kind of wondering if that like if you got a job tomorrow as a TV animal expert, <laughs> I and if you had never seen Okja, I think this is what you would have gone for. Probably, yeah. I just shave my face <laughs> into a mustache, have these, these big spectacles, is... and just go wild. Dr. Johnny is who Will Ashton is on Facebook. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I see Maverick is chuckling. He hasn't even seen the movie, but I think that instantly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I know everything I need to. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Will Ashton's Facebook is extremely eccentric and fun, a lot of good oh, fun. Thank you. Um, follow him, please. <laughs> All right, and uh, the Cinemaholics and podcast. Cinemaholics, which it. is run by Will yeah, Ashton. Right. That's all the fun that you could expect. Yeah. Um, We're really good at that. That was a perfect. <laughs> I gave I gave Ocha a B plus. What about you, Will? Uh, I'm between a B plus and a minus. My heart right now is saying a minus. Hmm. Go with your heart, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just follow your. I love it. Follow your soul, man. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I did see Captain Underpants finally. Nice. I had been meaning to watch that movie for a while. Loved it. Fun animated movie. Will already talked about it on the mm-hmm. podcast, so I'm not going to belabor it. But uh, I, I grew up on the books as well. And I managed to get past Kevin Hart's vocal mm-hmm. performance, which is the highest praise I think I'd give this yeah. movie. If it's still playing in a theater near you, and you grew up with Captain Underpants books, and, and if you have kids especially, 
definitely worth checking yeah. out. I don't know. If, I saw it alone as an adult. I had a fun time because mm-hmm. I don't mind, but I think you, you might just you, totally, if you want to wait till Redbox, Netflix, whatever, mm-hmm. streaming service, that's really cool. So you'll, I think I'll get a kick out of this one. Very funny, original scenes, some ridiculously good humor here, and some of it is kind of weird, mm-hmm. and I, I, didn't, I wasn't all in on all of it. Some of it was a little yeah. strange, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Glad, Will, that you had seen it, so yeah. you kind of... I had your voice in my ear. I was like, I'm going to go see it because Will Ashton recommended and yeah, that's what happened. If you haven't seen it yet, or if you, yet, if you haven't seen any of these movies besides Despicable Me 3, you know, pause this podcast and check them out now. There's a lot of great, po- <laughs> there's a lot of great movies that we're talking about right here. Yeah, and I haven't seen Despicable Me 3, but I would say, hey, go check out Captain Leonard. Yeah, for sure. Instead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's just me mm-hmm. and Will, who actually did see the movie. Mm-hmm. But Maverick, you have something to share with the class. <laughs> yeah, um... This might be old news for a lot of people, but I wanted to talk about it just because I think it's a show that um, a lot of people kind of just glanced over. Yeah. And I was one of those people, and that's that's BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Um, it's Netflix original. I know Will's a big fan. We've had a good couple conversations about it. John, you've seen a few I've episodes. only seen a few episodes. Yeah. So I haven't totally gone all the way with it yet. I watched BoJack Horseman for the first time a while ago, but the only reason I started watching it is because I had run out of things to watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I saw a promo for this once and mm-hmm. it's, you know, Will Arnett, right? That's mm-hmm. the guy who does mm-hmm. his voice. I, I like him. And I was like, yeah, his voice actor, it's, you know, it's an adult cartoon thing, which I'm into. So let's, let's try this out. Right. Adult cartoon. That was a weird way adult to car- Look, you know, you and I have bonded over watching family guy together. It's, yeah. you know, so I, that's the reason I was into it. And then I started watching it and it's definitely one of those shows that you really need to get to like episode five, I think like somewhere yeah, in the first season uh, to kind of start really getting invested mm-hmm. uh, because the first two episodes I was like okay right <laughs> but the more you watch it it's it's such a wonderfully unique and it's just a really cool experience mm-hmm. for a show I, I'm loving it I'm almost uh, done with season three now um, as I've been kind because of, I, I restarted I started over this last week and um, it, it's just a really it's all good on Netflix. it's all on Netflix um, it basically follows the story of Bojack Horseman who is a uh, he's a horse in you know it's kind of like a human animal e- life world yeah and uh, he he was a the star of a huge 90s TV show called Horse and Around. He is no longer work. He hasn't worked since that show, and it's been like 20 years. So you're kind of following him as he's like dealing with a lot of the fact that he's very full of himself. You know, he still thinks he's like the biggest star in the world, but he's also got a lot of like depression and self-loathing. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's a really funny, really dark, twisted show. It's sad in a lot of times because you're like, wow, this person is just... What 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 the hell's happening? Yeah. It's like what if John Stamos, you know, yeah, like a mix of John was Stamos more depressed, it, and, and uh, he's a horse. Yeah, like a mix of John Stamos and Bob Saget from Full House. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it's 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 really funny, really unique. I I love it. I know Will is a, is a big yeah, fan as well. It's my um, favorite Netflix show by far. Wow, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely up there for me. Um, it's hard for me to compete with things like Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and House of Cards because I really love those dark shows. But as far as like an animated show or really any of the other ones, it's it's up yeah. there for me. Well, I really recommend it. Yeah, I was gonna say favorite Netflix show, not my favorite all time show, but it's pretty close. Why well, not? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I was getting at too. But I've it, heard I don't know if this is accurate. But I've heard a lot of comparisons to the shows a bit like Community, which is one of my favorite shows um, of all time. In the sense that like there are episodes that happen in later seasons that are very high concept. Yeah. And like totally different from what you get in the first few episodes, right? Well, in that vein, yeah. Well, I'm not saying BoJack Horseman is about a community. Yeah, college. yeah. Well, Raphael yeah. Bob, uh, wh- I I can't pronounce the creator's name. I feel bad, but he, him, and Dan Harmon very much know what sitcoms are, and they very much know how to deconstruct the sitcom structure while still making it like the basic, you know, beats. And I'd say yeah. in that sense, yeah, it's like community, but like it's not like the comedy is a little more darker a little more edgier than i'd say community is which i think like i feel like community like they always have like the things that bojack is usually parroting like those big sentimental moments like where everyone kind of hugs and like that yeah yeah. that's like never in bojack everyone's kind of prickly and acidetic and like everyone's got their own kind of problems to deal with and they never have like real clean resolutions like they do in community so but yeah i mean i guess what people are referencing are like the just, there are some episodes in BoJack Horseman that are just very like standalone, yeah. like productions yeah. that are just very like escapist. Yeah, in season three, there's an episode that's almost completely underwater, which is easily one of the best like hours or half hours of television I've ever seen. It's a fantastic. I was just yeah. gonna say that that's the one I just watched, yeah. and I 
I didn't expect it to happen. I mean, he went into this underwater world, and I was like, are they going to do like a, a thing where he doesn't talk for mm-hmm. a lot of the episode or whatever? It was a fantastic, one of the best episodes of any TV yeah. I've seen. It was How really- would you guys compare it to Rick and Morty? Which, in my opinion, is probably the best animated show. I, I uh, haven't seen yeah. enough Rick and Morty to really make a judgment right. on that. Okay. I've only seen a couple episodes of Rick and Morty, and I liked what I've I seen. I've only seen one. But I feel like I like BoJack a little more, because there's just, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, like again, that's like such a, like, I don't know, it's such a weird comparison for me, but I get what you're going for. I'd say, yeah. if I watch more Rick and Morty, which I'm planning to this summer. They're very different shows, from yeah. what I can tell, yeah. If I watch more, I'll have a better idea what to say. Yeah, from what I've gotten from rick and morty and it's following people who talk about it it's more of like a kind of like a punchline like really goofy show mm-hmm. and uh, and i don't know i'm, I'm speaking you know obviously yeah, from from yeah. observation <laughs> but bojack i think is just more like it's just a lot of that dark sad humor yeah which, there's a lot of dark sad humor in rick and morty yeah. but I, I would just say that the, i guess that they are totally different rick and morty is like deconstructing science fiction i think like will said bojack horseman is apparently deconstructing like sitcoms so yeah. I guess you can kind of look at these two shows that are very different. Yeah, and I get, some people, you know, have, they have their fans. Yeah, I get the comparison. You can obviously, like I just both. can't really speak on it because I just haven't watched enough freaking Morty to compare it. But I get the comparison. You yeah. should. Yeah. I think you would really love, it, especially because you like uh, Dan Harmon. Yeah, yeah, a lot. yeah. I mean, I like what I've I, seen. Like, I like, I saw the Cronenberg episode, which was really funny, and I love the uh, TV episode where it's like they're flipping uh, Gar uh, classic. What's it, Garfunko? Um, What's the Garfield parody they have in there? What's he called? Oh, <laughs> they're they're kind of referencing uh, like a really dark Garfield right. version where like the roles are reversed. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a Children of the Corn like prison break. Thing. Yeah, it's so weird. And, uh, but it's great. Two brothers. Um, please, please go see it. It's 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 great. Yeah, check it out. Uh, anyway, my, my last thing I would say about BoJack is that it's it's one of those shows that's really good at making you think something's about to get better, but it never really does. Right. And I love that. It's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. It's really funny tension. And that's, that's totally right at my alley. As we've talked about before, I just like really sad. Yeah. Things, so it's perfect for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird show in the same way that like Oak is like just completely weird, but it, it makes sense. In it's own little weird universe. I would definitely recommend it for anyone that hasn't watched it, especially if you've yeah. only watched like the first couple episodes and you're like, eh, I don't get it. Whatever, yeah, yeah, give, yeah, keep it going. Just yeah. watch season one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Finish season one and then make your decision. Right. Um, season four is supposed to come out. It's not like an official release date, but there are talks somewhere between late uh, late July, early August of this year. Right. Yep. yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for our mini reviews. And uh, don't go away. We are going to be finishing up the show in just a moment. Hey, Cinemaholics, our podcast wasn't a thing yet when Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was released last year, but we're definitely clued into some news surrounding its untitled sequel, which has officially begun filming in the United Kingdom, and we can expect some new locations in the film to include Paris. The 2016 return of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter grossed an incredible $814 million worldwide, so it's no surprise that we'll see the return of that film stars, including Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, of course, and Johnny Depp as the dark wizard Gellert Grindelwald. Ezra Miller will also return as Credence, along with Zoe Kravitz as Letter with Strange. Newcomers include Jude Law as a young Albus Dumbledore, and Callum Turner as Newt's Aura brother Theseus Scamander. J.K. Rowling once again wrote the screenplay for the upcoming sequel, which takes place in 1927, just several months after the events of the first film. We already know that the film will center around Grindelwald gaining his freedom and gathering followers as Albus Dumbledore plans to stop him, with the help of a Scamander, naturally. This is the second film in a planned five-part series, and will once again be directed by David Yates, because Warner Brothers just hates us, I guess. The untitled sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them opens on November 16th, 2018. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Cinemaholics. Please, if you're listening to this show and you like it, you listen to it almost every week, or maybe you watch it every week, uh, please consider uh, joining, first of all, joining our Facebook community. Mm-hmm. We want to hang out with you guys, talk to you, uh, not directly, I guess, but like Facebook-wise, yeah. you know. If you don't have Facebook, that's really cool too. You can go to the comment section on the YouTube videos. You can check out, by the way, this show on YouTube if you're not using YouTube to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, we're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Stitcher. Um, if you like the show and you want it to continue, one of the easiest things you can do to help us out to keep the show going is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a review and a rating. Uh, we got we got like a a review pretty recently that was like a three out of five, and it, it ruined our perfect Aww. rating. But it was it was a really well thought out review. Yeah. Like the person was being you know constructive and everything. They they were kind of saying that like uh, what was one thing something about like we should talk more about like older movies. I guess 
Focus which, less on TV, I think, is what it was. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. another thing, which I don't think we're ever going to do just because I, we love TV. Yeah. And, like, I don't think we would ever. I think that was after we had an episode where our mini reviews were only TV shows because we didn't have any other movies. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I guess I would just say we're always going to be focusing a lot on movies. We're Cinemaholics. I, I will say, yeah. though, even though that was a three out of five and it ruined a perfect store, we, we do still want to hear from you guys on things that you think we should improve or, mm-hmm. or things you'd like to hear from us, whether that's in a review or an email. Just let us know because we Absolutely. You know this show is for you guys as listeners. So we want to make sure we're getting, uh, producing the best product for you. And we want to make sure that this is enjoyable for all of us. Yeah. So let us know what's good and what's bad. Yeah. So, and we've gotten other reviews. Thank you to everybody who's chimed mm-hmm. in. A lot of really good feedback from people. We should start shouting out uh, people who review. So that way more people <laughs> will want to review. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but again, thank you to all you have. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again next week for Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, man. Uh, and a few other movies I think we're going to get to as well. I, I don't know if there's... I forget what else is coming out with Spider-Man Homecoming. Have you seen anything already, Will? Uh, not yet, just besides Okja. That's about it. Yeah, it's a weird week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the release is kind of all over the place. But uh, at very least, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man for a while, which obviously be a lot of fun we'll see you next week at a regular time um this time mm-hmm. um until then uh thank you guys so much for coming uh listening to the show from the internet california i'm john O'Groney. from the internet pennsylvania i'm will ashton and from a dusty old basement i'm maverick Hines. see you next time bye